Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Okay, I want to know out there, who loves shopping? Some of you are lifting your hands, some of you are not, because some of you are saying, I love shopping, but I don't like going to the stores. Well, who loves shopping online? Now, a lot of you definitely raised your hands on that. Well, here's this. How do you love saving 80 to 90% off your shopping? Okay, now I see all of you are raising your hands. Yep, I'm about to tell you about Swap.com. Swap.com has all of that. And that is because there's over 2 million unique items to shop for on Swap.com. It's one of the largest online consignment and thrift stores for women, all you men out there, and children, too. I love the fact that they have kids' stuff, too, because they outgrow their clothes so fast that it doesn't make sense to spend all this money and then you have to buy new clothes again. So Swap.com has six to 10,000 new items that are added daily. That's brands like Calvin Klein, Zara, J. Crew, Seven for All Mankind, Gap, and some of them even have their tags still on them. I want to let you know the way you guys can take advantage of this is going to Swap.com and make sure that you use the promo code GLORY40. It's going to get you 40% off site-wide for the first order and that's all you got to do. So now you can try it and from the luxury of your own home. And if something doesn't fit, do not worry because they have hassle-free returns within 30 days. No questions asked. All right. So see you at swap.com and make sure you use that promo code glory 40. That's swap.com promo code glory 40. Enjoy it. Podcast One presents Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. The singer, songwriter, and former WWE host takes you on the chase for glory with guests ranging from elite athletes to extraordinary entertainers. Let's embark on another fascinating journey. Here's Lillian Garcia. Welcome, everybody, to Chasing Glory. So excited to have you guys here. Another amazing show heading your way. And we have some big breaking news. I'm so excited. Okay, before I let it all out, if you haven't heard yet, let me introduce to you the producer behind the magic. (laughs) Back here, Casey's in the house. Hey, Lily, how are you? I'm good. All right, Casey, you ready for this? I'm ready. You know it. You know it because you saw it with me. I know. So, guys, I'm going to be announcing the very first WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. 
Oh, Congratulations. Thank you. It, by the way, the uh, internet is going crazy oh, over this news. Oh, my it's, God. I Googled it because that's how I find my news. It's yeah. everywhere. Is Everybody's it? talking about People it. People still love me. Do they still care? <laughs> they do. They really do. They do. Congratulations. Well, let me tell you. I love them. Oh, my gosh. The WWE universe is just a family, really, to me. It's what keeps me going. It's what's helped me through, you know, my highs and my lows, man. Mm. I, w- I had a lot of lows, and especially the last two years and, you know, having to leave and, you know, all, all the things that happened with my dad and, and losing him and all. It was the WWE universe that helped me get through it all. Yeah, yeah. And I... Now you're going back home. Yeah, I'm going back <laughs> home in New Orleans where I was actually at before um, when we did WrestleMania. It was there and it was just... It's so much fun in New Orleans. Like, come on. It's like the whole... You know, the... the Oh, Bourbon Street. Thank you. Bourbon Street. Street. I was going to say Mardi Gras, but Mardi Gras is what happens at Bourbon Street. Street. (laughs) But yeah, Bourbon Street was just going crazy. There was a karaoke bar. I actually sang at the karaoke bar. Yeah, I mean, we had so much fun. So I can't wait to go back and just partake. Oh, Hall of Fame is going to be amazing. I mean, to think about... All the people that are getting inducted that I got to work with. Yeah, yeah. I got to work with Jeff Jarrett and Ivory and the Dudley Boys and you you name it. I mean, everybody who's getting inducted. It's like I've pretty much worked with them. I'm so excited. Also, Goldberg's getting inducted. Wow. What? I have worked with him. Mark Henry. You know, Mark Henry and The Rock, I've said this before. They were like the two that really first befriended me as far as outside of the women's locker room. In the women's locker room. Ivory was the very first one that that really was just super welcoming, uh, just awesome, awesome human being. She's got such a spirit. She just livens up a room when she walks in. I want to tell all of Lillian's fans out there to go to YouTube and watch... Uh, this is my favorite thing to do. All the videos of you and The Rock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've had some really classic <laughs> interviews that just I look back and I go, how did I keep a straight face? How did I really do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just awesome to go back and see everybody. I will be at WrestleCon also on Friday, the Friday before Mania. So I'll be signing there and very excited about that because it gives me an opportunity to one-on-one to say hi to the fans. And, you know, and, and just thank everybody because yeah, yeah. that's and I'm going to have some surprises there. What? too. Yes, I am. You're not going to tell them right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> next show. Maybe next show. Um, but, yeah, I'll have some surprises there at WrestleCon. So excited about that. And apparently I'm doing something on Saturday at uh, Access, at WWE Access. So we're still getting all the schedule together and everything. But the news is out. Casey, I had to keep this quiet. For a little while. Yes, how long have you known? What did you do when you first find out? (laughs) Of course, I'm in the house going, what? (laughs) Screaming, yes, yes. I was doing the Daniel Bryan. Oh, yes, yes. 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 (gasps) Speaking of him, oh my God, he's he's back. back. Yes, yes. 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 yes, yes. There is a lot to celebrate here. Yes, it is exciting. Daniel Bryan is back. I literally was watching SmackDown. Well, when the news came out, immediately um, congratulating him and Bree. And it was just so, you know, like this is this guy. Yeah. This guy has a chasing glory story. story. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you guys have to help me out there. I'm trying to make this happen because immediately the Internet started going, Lillian, you've got to have him on chasing glory. So I'm trying to work it out, trying to work out schedules, all that good stuff. But, yeah, we got to get him. And you guys have to let him know that you do want him to be on chasing glory. Send him messages. That definitely helps.
let's wait till after mania. Everyone's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, but yeah, it's a little nuts. Congratulations to Daniel Bryan. He didn't give up. No. This is amazing, no. amazing, amazing. So, yeah, WrestleMania's going to be fun. What All is those that, things that are happening. What is that like? You've been there before. What's the yeah. atmosphere like? Oh. How electric is it? Dude, it is. It, you can't even describe it. Yeah. It's, it's literally... It's just, you just feel the energy because the fans are from all over the world. So that's the thing that's the difference, whether it's, you know, between that and I've done, I remember we did a show one time, Monday Night Raw. I mean, this was during the Attitude Era. It was so big yeah. that we did like the Atlanta Dome for Monday Night Raw. Okay, we did the Dome, people. <laughs> like, that was incredible. And it was amazing energy, don't get me wrong. But there is something when all of these people from all over the world come together and everybody just knows it. It's like a special moment, yeah, right, that's yeah. happening. It is the Super Bowl, for sure, and uh, of wrestling. And it is – but it's even better than the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's One big so family, better. I think, like all together, everybody's talking the same language. Yeah. They all know the same thing. They're all there for one reason. And they're part of the show. And that's what's so great is that, the, you know, the signs and the screaming and the, the yelling and the, you know, saying the, the, the chants along with the wrestlers. And uh, it, it is incredible. And just to see the, the faces of people when things don't go the way they thought or when they do happen and they're like, yes! And, oh, <laughs> Man, the expressions, like if you'll see the package that WWE always puts on after, which I love, mm-hmm. is that package of the, you know, the little highlights of everything the whole night. And they pan to the crowd and they see the the facials on the crowd of everybody. That's me. That was me always at ringside, too. I never wanted to know what was going to happen or anything. Really? You never Never. Knew. never. So I you told were just them, as surprised as everybody yes. else? Yes. I said, please, I want to be as surprised. Don't take that because I'm a fan. Yeah. I grew up watching wrestling. I'm a fan. So I want to watch it like a fan. So I would get, I just, oh, God, I loved it. I mean, I would just really get in there. I had the front row of the front row of, you know what I mean? I had the, the best seat in the house. ultimate seat, yes. I really did. And they paid me for it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, very special. So thank you so much to WWE to invite me back. It is quite an honor. I'm so honored also to have this distinct honor to introduce these fascinating women that are there working their butts off and just really making an impact. And the first ever women's battle royal, that is, it's huge. And I love the fact that we've had the first ever, you know, women's royal rumble and elimination chamber and now battle royal. And it's just going to, and then we have the money in the bank and, and all, it's just going to keep on stacking. And it's, it's not going to be a thing anymore, which is going to be great, but it is nice to celebrate that right now it is so special. It is a breakthrough. You know, and, and I think it's only fitting that you be the person mm. to kind of bring it all to a head and announce it at this. This is the Super Bowl World Series of, yeah. of the event. This is Thank it. you. Yeah. So Thank I'm, you. Just all, it's all, I think this kind of wraps it all up and brings it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And that's what's so special for me. And I see the honor that's bestowed on me for that. And thank you. Uh, yeah. And thanks to all of you guys out there because... You know, they they write, too. They tell WWE what they want to see, what they don't want, you know, all of this. And, and WWE Universe has always been behind me. And they want more Lillian. Uh, man, if I have not forgotten that. 
I love you guys. Okay, so we're going to move on to the show because it's getting really, really, like, very emotional and sentimental. (laughs) Okay, guys. So, first of all, thank you to thirdloveswap.com and True Car. You guys are going to hear more about them. My sponsors of the show is the reason that you're getting the show for free. So, thank you, guys. Remember to follow me at Lillian Garcia Instagram and Twitter. Lillian Garcia official fan page on Facebook. And, guys, all I ask, please... Is if you like the show, Chasing Glory, tell one friend about it. Spread the news. Just tell one friend. That's all I'm asking. If you all go out there and tell one friend, this show will catch on fire. And I thank you so much because the show is doing so good thanks to all of you guys. So let's keep it going. Okay, so I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing our next guest. I was backstage and something happened with my microphone. Casey, a, a little bit. <laughs> Casey's like yelling at me, going, "What, what the happened? Hell? What, what happened? the hell? I'm trying to fix this." Yeah, uh, you know, I tested my mic. You know, I have two mics, one for my guest and one for myself. I tested both of them. Then I had to unplug to hear the test. Then I had to plug back in. Well, when I plug back in, obviously something happened to mine because they didn't plug back in. So you can hear me kind of faintly. Casey tried to do you know a little magic on yeah. it, but. The important thing is, is my guest, Ginger Mahal, comes clear. I mean, really clear, right? You can hear him. He can. He sounds strong. He's so strong. <laughs> he is so passionate. Yeah. Can you see his passion in this interview? Yeah. It's. He told me it was like no other interview that he's ever given, which was very special for me. And you guys are going to hear a side of Ginger Mahal that you have not ever heard. He's a really bright man. Oh, my gosh. He's so smart. But he's also such a humble and uh, – I can't say enough good things about him. Not only is he humble, but, you know, he was riding high. I mean, this is a guy, first of all. Remember, he was – got fired. Right. So he was riding low. Right? And then uh, during that time, he found himself and decided, I'm going to work my butt off. And he did. And then he came back and he came back looking, I mean, ripped and looking so good. And WWE notices that. He gets an opportunity to work with Randy Orton. And then all of a sudden, boom, he is champion. Woohoo! He's champ. The guy becomes champ. Then everyone's thinking that he's going to go against Brock Lesnar and all this is happening. Well, he goes against AJ Styles. And it was outside the country. And it's the first time ever that the title changes hands outside. So all of a sudden... AJ Styles now is facing Brock Lesnar. It shocked the world. Everyone was like, what the heck is happening right now? So it was pretty cool, though, that it did, that that did happen. And it it, it just shows, it goes to show you not everything is going to go the way you think it is, no, right? No, But he didn't lose that. Like, a lot of people could have made that moment and said, oh, man, I'm back at the bottom again. But he's like, no, I'm not at the bottom. You know, for him, and I love that because it's not. If you don't have the title, it does not mean that you're at the bottom. Um, but he's he said, I'm just gonna. You know, he said the the it's waves. Yeah, it's waves. I'm riding a wave, or it's a roller coaster, whatever you want to, you know, see it. He just has a great attitude. That's the that. word I was looking for. Attitude, and that to me is everything in life. Remember, ten percent is what happens to us. Ninety percent is how we react to it. So attitude is everything in life. It really is. It really is. Because you're going to have ups and downs all the time. All the time. And now we actually have a match. Because remember, guys, this was taped a few weeks ago. So it wasn't even announced yet that he had a match 
that he has now. It's for the United States Championship. It is against Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. So he's got a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Can't wait to see it. And above all, just a great guy. So I'm excited that you guys are about to hear what you're about to hear. Because remember, I've already done the interview. I know what he says. And it's fascinating. And you don't want to miss it. So without further ado, here is Jinder Mahal's journey of chasing glory. Hailing from one of the most famous wrestling towns in the world, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Yuvaraj Singh Desi was born into professional wrestling. He is the nephew of Indian-Canadian wrestler Gama Singh, who was a huge villain in Stampede Wrestling. Knowing he could pick up plenty of tips, the man better known as Jinder Mahal would be under the tutelage of his legendary uncle as well as WWE legend Bad News Brown. Mahal went on to travel all over Canada, honing in his craft and wrestling alongside future WWE superstars Tyson Kidd and Natalia, and winning multiple championships throughout various Canadian promotions. After eight years of tearing up the independent scene, Jinder Mahal traveled to Tampa, Florida to try out for WWE's developmental territory, Florida Championship Wrestling. And after impressing officials with his in-ring ability and being able to deliver a promo in three different languages, Mahal signed a developmental contract with the WWE and just one year later made his main roster debut on SmackDown as the great Kali's brother-in-law. Jinder Mahal contributed to the newly christened developmental territory NXT, where he reached the finals to crown the very first NXT champion and came within moments of capturing the title, but lost to Seth Rollins in a hard-fought match. Over on the main roster, Jinder Mahal united with Heath Slater and Drew McIntyre to form 3MB, where he entertained the WWE Universe on a weekly basis, including being part of the inaugural Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal during WrestleMania 30. Unfortunately, in June of 2014, WWE announced that Jinder Mahal would be released from the company. Mahal continued to wrestle in Canada, as well as traveling to Puerto Rico, Japan, and India, just to name a few. However, during his time off from the WWE, Mahal would hit rock bottom, thus making him decide to quit drinking alcohol, as well as dedicate himself to eating clean and harder work ethic. And over the next two years, after getting released, Mahal would return to the WWE. In 2017, at Backlash, Mahal would reach the pinnacle of the WWE, defeating Randy Orton to become the 50th WWE champion. And it was the first time in nearly 20 years that a Calgary native and one of Indian descent would win the WWE championship. The modern-day Maharaja would hold the title for 170 days with victories over Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura. He is the perfect example of always being prepared for an opportunity given to him and was even named by Rolling Stone as the 2017 Comeback of the Year. It's about to get real, raw and inspiring with Jinder Mahal. Backstage at SmackDown and I grabbed somebody because I've actually wanted to do this podcast with you for a while now. So welcome to Chasing Glory, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, thank you, Lillian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you sound very sexy, by the way. <laughs> got that raspy. Yeah, raspy. I'm actually kind of sick, but uh, makes me makes me uh, sound tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's tough and sexy. Well, the, the schedule that you have is so grueling um, that I'm sure it doesn't, you know, and you guys... 
I mean, even if you're sick, that's the one thing. God, I remember when I used to announce and my voice would be gone, but it's like you got to still push through. How is it for you sometimes when you are sick and you, you have a major match? Yeah, no, no, the show must go on. Uh, for some reason, like as sick as I am backstage, as soon as the music hits, the adrenaline hits, I'm like bulletproof out there. Or even like in terms of like injury or how sore I am or achy. Sometimes I'm like my back, I can't even barely walk. I can't barely get it out of the car. But like when I'm out there, you would never know. And I come right back and the adrenaline wears off and I'm back to square one. I recently did an episode of uh, Ride Along where WWE camera films you uh, with your riding partners and uh, what you guys talk about. And I just lost my voice like halfway through. But uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, no, we made it happen. But uh, yeah, the schedule is tough. Like uh, I just had a car show signing on Friday, flew to Denver, flew up to California. And so every day I can't, sometimes I can't even remember where I was. Like I don't remember where I was last week. Uh, but that's a cool thing. I, uh, like, I mean, it's easy for me because I'm fortunate and not fortunate, fortunate or unfortunate depends how you look at it. Uh, no wife, no kids. So it's, it's, it's easy for me, but I see some of the other superstars who have wives and kids and, you know, it's especially tough on them and, you know, you need that support system. So obviously, uh, uh, you know, their family supports them and everything. I think that's very important, but yeah, lucky. I just got myself to look after. I got two little dogs. They got a good dog sitter. Oh, they do have a good dog sitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, unfortunately, I got to work because grooming and dog food is very expensive. <laughs> and so are the vet bills. <laughs> I like it. That's cute. So, you had a heck of a year. Let's go into 2017. Wow. The fact that, uh, well, you were at last year's WrestleMania, you were actually at the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah, the big battle royal. Yeah, I was in the, the giant battle royal. And uh, well, I had the cool uh, opportunity to do the thing with Rob Gronkowski where he gave me the tackle and Mojo won. So that was cool because it got lots and lots of coverage. Like it was on Sports Center and everything. Actually, even overnight, like um, I got like something like maybe 25,000 Instagram followers like Wow. overnight so just to see the reach that someone like how someone like Gronk has you know he's just such a mainstream celebrity crossover athlete uh that's definitely very cool and especially this year with Ronda Rousey coming in I, I would love to someday actually have a match with Rob Gronkowski I remember when I was a kid I watched Lawrence Taylor versus uh, Bam Bam Bigelow I used to uh, rent videos from a video store up the street called Red's Video. So I grew up in Canada, so I had no idea who Lawrence Taylor is. I know I didn't watch football. Right. So I seen this match, uh, not really understanding um, what a huge star he was, but I but I knew just from the build up and everything, and like it was actually a really good match. Like from what when I was a kid, like I yeah. I couldn't tell like this was like his first match or. He, so that'd be cool to do something with uh, with Gronk. I mean, he's uh, he's obviously a very high level athlete, and actually, when he lost the Super Bowl, I kind of stirred the pot a little bit. I sent him a tweet, yeah. reminding me, reminding him that he cost me the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. But uh, I still feel like I haven't had a WrestleMania WrestleMania moment yet. So definitely, my goal, like definitely, my, one of my goals is to main event a WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh, I know that's going to happen somewhere down the future, but. This year, I need to be on the show. Um, yeah, because what did it mean for you? I mean, you're, you know, under the giant battle royal, it's really cool. Yeah. But it is in the pre-show. Yeah. Of course, the goal is to always be on WrestleMania. What did it mean for you? I mean, how did you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, it was cool, definitely. But a part of me, I would be lying if I'd say it was it uh, disappointing in a way that because I want to be on the main show. So, so actually, one of the things that I did... Uh, 
uh, in this last year, I, I write down my goals. Yeah. And so every day I write down main event at WrestleMania, along with writing 10-time world champion. You know, I have all these goals. Yeah. Uh, I write down what I want my net worth to be, how many properties I want to own. Every day I write this down, and one of the goals is main event at WrestleMania. So um, definitely it's going to happen. Like right now I write uh, 10-time world champ. There, before I became WWE champion, I used to write down become WWE champion. Uh, actually, not even that. I used to write become a champion in WWE because I was so low, like on the card, like to even hold a championship in WWE. Like I was like, man, that would be so cool if I I could be like intercontinental champion or US champion. But I should have been writing become world champion. So now I write ten time world champion. Yeah. You did write it right. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why? You just had it the other way around. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Road champion in the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. You ended up becoming yeah. WWE. So I'm a firm believer. Like if you put it on paper and you that reminds you yeah. to work hard every day, especially every day. If you write down your goals, like so. Like every day when I write down my goals, I realize I got to hit the gym. I got to eat right. I got to improve in the ring. I got to give it 100%. I got to improve on my promo. So these are all things that go through my head daily. I, I work hard at them because I remind myself every day. So I encourage even like everybody who listens, like I, I listen to a lot of audio books and uh, like business related books and all of the great, great businessmen, they all have one thing in common. They write down their goals. They write down every day. They they uh, they keep a, a journal. So not only that, like every day I write down workout and then I got to check it off. Did I eat right? Check it off. And another cool thing that I do is at the top of the page in the corner, I write either an L or a W, whether the day was a loss or if it was a win. Really? So yeah, it it, it really bothers you to have to write down an L. And it's, it's so... Uh, what does an L look like to you? Uh, like... I mean. If I ate a bunch of junk food, I didn't hit the gym when I was supposed to train, like on a day that I was supposed to train, or uh, if I feel like I had a bad performance in the ring, those are all else. <laughs> even if you learned a lot from it, even if you, even if you know that you If it's something that I already knew, like if it's a mistake that I've already made in the past and I'm doing it again, yeah. it's an L. But uh, definitely you learn from all the, all the mistakes you make and everybody's going to make mistakes. I made plenty of them and I don't really have any regrets because it's gotten to be where I am today and I'm very happy with where I am today. But it's uh, nowhere near where I have planned for myself to go to and I know obviously there's, everybody has their trials and tribulations but I believe I had a huge learning experience from when I got released in 2014. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... Uh, a lot of people can get released here, and I've seen it, right? Yeah. They get released here, and then that's it. They give up. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I had a good shot at coming back because I was very young when I got signed. I got signed when I was 22. I was on SmackDown TV when I was 24. Wow. And I got released when I was 27. And I came back when I was 29, so which a lot of people don't even get signed till they're, they're my age right now. Right. So I was fortunate enough. I already have all this experience. Uh, and experience from making mistakes, not only in ring experience, but life experience now. That, that was one thing that I lacked because I literally went from uh, college straight to WWE. Like, I didn't have a real life ever. I never had to work. I never had to face real life. So I've been very fortunate, very lucky, but also I miss learning a lot of lessons. So the lessons that people mistake, uh, the lessons are the, makes, the mistakes people make in their day-to-day -day jobs, I was making those mistakes in WWE. But uh, fortunate enough, I was given a second opportunity. So when I got released, I had obviously a lot of regrets. You know, I felt like I didn't give it my all because near the end, especially in 3MB, like, I stopped caring. 
which is like the biggest mistake Why ever. Uh, it was just my, my thinking, like I was playing the blame game, like, oh, I don't have a good storyline or something like that. Like, oh, we're just, uh, I would dread coming to TV because I was going to be doing something that I didn't want to be doing. But I was doing that because I was in the position that I was in. It was because of me. Uh, I said this recently too in, a, in an interview, every WWE superstar is 100% in charge of their career, where it goes, whether they're uh, in the main event or the opening match or getting released or coming back, you are 100% in control of everything. Uh, I also said this, like a lot of people say, like, oh, you got to push, you got to push. No, I didn't get a push. I made my own push. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that brings me to something that actually Triple H said. I don't know if you've ever heard him say this. He said this uh, in April of 2017. So in WrestleMania month, on your WWE pursuit, right? Championship pursuit. Yeah. He said, Ginger is a guy who has always worked extremely hard. He trains hard. He's very intense about what he wants with his career. He's very thoughtful. To Ginger's credit and to Drew McIntyre, they left, they went, and they figured it out for themselves. They improved. They're both men now, as opposed to kids trying to make it in the business. Now, hopefully, they're in a better position to succeed. Yeah, 100%. Along with Drew, he got signed at a young age, too. So, <laughs> yeah, we both got released at the same time. We both turned it around. Yeah, turned it around. Drew's, uh, he's in, unfortunately, he's injured, but he'll be back very soon. And he, he'll definitely be a WWE champion. There's no doubt about it. He's motivated. He's going to become a WWE champion because he's in that right mindset. He has goals. Right. He's working hard at them. I believe, like, if we didn't get released, like, man, where would I be right now? Like, probably in the same position on the car because I needed that kick in the butt yeah. to, to make a change. And uh, I, I actually think it's kind of motivating for the rest of the, the locker room because they've seen me, like, yeah, opening match. I was there to make other guys look good. I got released, came back. And even when I came back, I wasn't main event. I was in the same exact spot that I was when I left. Actually, I got brought to bring in because they did the roster split and they needed more guys and they needed some experienced guys who they can put on TV right away to enhance the other guys. So like even when I came back, like uh, I would wrestle uh, like Sami Zayn or Neville, Darren Young. And uh, yeah, I didn't want a match for like the first couple months, but every week I made it a point to improve, improve in my physique, improve in the ring. And uh Little by little, like these small improvements, they they amount for big big steps. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, you made this uh, triumphant uh, 180 like overnight. No, it wasn't overnight. It took like uh, like a year. So let's let's backtrack to the time when I was released. So I was gone away for two years, and even like a large portion of those two years, I was still in the same mindset. Like, oh yeah, playing the blame game. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, my God, was I partying? Oh my God, I was out of my mind. <laughs> So, I remember being with you guys. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, look at you guys go, oh my God, how do you guys drink so much? Yeah, looking back, I'm a professional athlete. I got to be treating myself like a professional athlete. That's what I do now. Like, all I do is hotel, sleep. Sleep is very, very important. I'm conscious of what I'm putting in my body. No alcohol, almost two years, zero, not even one drink. Uh, I'm training hard every day. Like, before, I thought I was like a rock star. But, uh, that's not how you got to, I got to treat myself like an athlete. Yeah, yeah, of course it shows, yeah. body is insane. And it also shows in the other way. When I when I was partying like that, I looked totally different. I, yeah, you know. Yeah, the before and after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wish, uh, 
you know, I was this focused, this driven back then because who knows where I'd be. But better late than ever. I still got a long time. Yeah. You're young, but the thing you just said it because of what happened to you, you also appreciate it more. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're such an inspiration to those. Yeah. Your story is even more impactful. Yeah. Because of where you've been and where you've gone to. So I think it's perfect where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a new appreciation for this also because it got taken away from me. Right. You know, sometimes we're, we get so caught up with, with everything that we forget. Like, there's thousands of people that w- would do anything to be in the position that I'm in. Not only in the position that I'm in, but any position of any WWE superstar, even like lowest guy on the totem pole. Yeah. So sometimes I hear guys backstage like, oh, like complain, like, oh man, this sucks. Then, I, you know, I can... I, I can have to talk with them because I've been away from here and I, and you know, it's uh, like even like the worst position here is better than like the best position in real life. I believe like we're truly, truly blessed. Lillian, you know, like we're so lucky to have all these people that admire us like all over the world. Uh, not only that, like I believe some, some people say like, Oh, you know, you're, what do you do for work? Uh, you know, this is not like a job to me. It's not work. This is life. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't feel like passionate I, about yeah, not only am I passionate, does it feel like I'm going to work? It's just like, I just have fun. I play, I see my friends and, and get, get paid for it and be able to pay my bills with it and, and everything. So yeah, we're very lucky. Whereas I like 99% of the world, you know, they clock in, they clock out. That's another thing that I learned from like all these business books that I read. Uh, it can't be a job. Like if, if it's just a job to you, like you, you check in, you check out, you clock in, you clock out. You're only going to make it so far. You're going to, you're, uh, you have to have a why. Yeah. You know, your why has to be stronger than just money. If, if you're, if you're, if your why is just to pay your bills, you know, you're going to hit something that's a lot tougher than you and your, your why is not going to be strong enough to get you through it. So, uh, you know, I found my why, uh, a lot of my why is I want to prove people wrong. You know, I, I hear what people say about me, you know, he's undeserving. Oh, he got this push because WWE wants to go to India, all this, everything. So that's what drives me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Because, uh, if you Google LeBron James, first thing you're going to see people saying LeBron James sucks. I just like, this is the best basketball player in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, like any big company like Walmart. Oh, Walmart's terrible. Are they terrible? They're, you know, this is one of the biggest companies in the world. Apple. Apple sucks. Apple products suck. Apple's the biggest company in the world. So, you know, it's validation. If, if people are doubting you, people are hating on you, you're obviously doing something right because, you know, if you Google a small company, no one's going to, the, the fact that nobody's talking about them. It's true. I think that a lot of time, <laughs> it's true. A lot of times yeah. people, they can't handle to see somebody else succeed because they feel so bad about their own life. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time on social media. Yeah. People hiding behind yeah. these computers yeah. and they're hating on you because they'll do, they will not get off their butts and do what it takes. Yeah. So literally like also all these books that I read, you know, all about positivity and everything is, yeah. it's just like, I believe like 99% of the world doesn't have that same knowledge like they're just hardwired just to be miserable do day to day but there's so much more life than that you know just be just be positive even just having a positive outlook you know like glass half full half empty just a different positive just having a different outlook can completely change your life you know sometimes you're miserable and you want to share that misery misery loves company right so yeah yeah 
that actually bring you up. Exactly. So I'm, I'm very conscious of the type of energy that I have surrounding me. Like, if you ever see me in the hallway, I'm sure you've noticed, like, smile on my face. I, I, I'm happy to be where I am. I'm truly blessed, uh, you know, because... WWE could not have hired me back, and who knows what I'd be doing right now. I wouldn't be here. I would, right. Yeah, I'd probably be looking back like, oh, man. I, obviously, with a lot of regrets, like I spoke about earlier, I had many regrets that when I got released from here, like, I didn't apply myself fully. I wasn't always pitching storylines. I wasn't in the best shape possible. I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't treating myself like an athlete. I'm so glad to hear you say that, though, because a lot of people, they leave here and all they do is they blame the company. Exactly, exactly. But I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every WWE superstar, including myself, 100% in charge of where I am. If I go down, uh, the card is due to me. If I come up, it's because of me. Uh, WWE really is a place that, especially Vince, he respects hard work. Yeah. Because he's the hardest working man in, yes. in the whole company. I've never met a man like that who works harder than Vince McMahon. Right. So he respects hard work. He sees hard work. He'll see somebody working hard and he'll reward them. Yeah. But, and vice versa. If he sees someone slacking, you know, he's going to notice. Right. If he sees someone slacking, it's going to reflect. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so what huge... happened in those two years that you said you still... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still, yeah, yeah. I still wasn't focused, Lillian. So I was just doing my thing, like, uh, whatever, just uh, working, like, independent shows and whatnot, partying. Can't wait to finish my match so I can drink more beer. <laughs> I don't know what happened, Lillian. So, actually, I was already looking into, like... Um, like maybe starting a franchise, uh, like I was, I very business minded. So I was, I started doing real estate also, like rehabbing homes and whatnot. So I was also looking into other business, maybe starting like a franchise or something like a business, starting with one and, you know, eventually opening up more. So I was really, really looking into that. And I don't know, just something, I was like, man, I can't do this. You know, I, uh, I still have, uh, uh, goals <laughs> you know I still have more to accomplish so one day I just quit drinking boom done yeah not, I w- you know what I didn't even think like oh I'm never going to drink again or oh, I'm going to take a month off I just stopped drinking I was like, no I'm not going to do it uh, started focusing training hard dieting hard I got a meal prep company started making all my meals so that was that was before I was even signed back so literally two months after I had made that change uh, Mark Carano called me back. Hey, Jinder, you want to come back? What? Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> I believe, yeah. Changed your mindset. Exactly. You started getting ready, and yeah. then the opportunity comes. I exactly. Say, exactly. Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Preparation, yeah. You started preparing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think in my mind, if I hadn't made that change two months earlier, maybe WWE wouldn't have called me. It was like, a, I think it was a direct result. You know, I put it out there in the universe. Yeah. Just like how I was writing down Become a Champion in WWE, it happened. Uh, when you have it in your mind, like law of attraction, I really believe in law of attraction. You know, whatever you put out there is going to come back to you. Yeah. So, uh, like, I encourage everybody. That's why I tell everybody, hey, be positive, be positive. Positive things start happening. Right. If you just dwell on negativity... Yeah. It's just negativity is just going to manifest itself and nothing good is going to come. But how do you handle when something doesn't go the way that you were actually planning? Because, I mean, you're saying that you yeah. control. Yeah, there yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. How do you handle those moments? Just patience because uh, I know that, like, um, 
there's always going to be a, a turnaround. Like nothing is ever just bad, 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 bad. There's always oh, all good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. It's going to come in waves, and you know you just got to ride the waves and and uh, remain positive during the tough times and remain humble. You know when the times are good, you can't let everything get to your head either because when it comes when it comes down a little bit, you're you're gonna you'll crash. Yeah, yeah, you'll be disappointed. So how many times have we seen that? Too many. (laughs) Too many. Say that we could learn so much from each other here. Yeah, yeah. Different waves that everybody's in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, but everybody has their ups and downs. That's a part of life. But you know, the experiencing hardship and adversity is what builds character. It's what mm-hmm. builds resiliency. It's what builds toughness. So you know, I uh, like all the adversity that I have. You know, I look like it as a as a blessing almost yeah. because uh, like I was signed it as, at a young age. If I was just given the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> you know, I would. Now, AJ Styles always says. You know, he feels like he earned it, right? Yeah. He didn't like the phrase, you deserve it. Yeah. And he taught me that. He re- made me realize what the difference between you deserve it and you earned it. Yeah. And I love that because the you deserve it is almost like an entitlement thing, mm-hmm. right? Nobody deserves anything. Yeah. I mean, good or bad. Yeah. Honestly. We work for it. We yeah. earn it. And you earned it. Yeah, yeah. The difference is that you appreciate it because you earned it. Exactly, exactly. Take me to... You were saying that, you know, you had that match at WrestleMania, but it was like literally the next month in May yeah. that it gets built up that you go against Randy Orton at Backlash and you win the WWE Championship. Yeah, it happened so quick. So WrestleMania week, I had seen Road Dogg at the, at the hotel in the hallways. He's like, hey, Jinder, after WrestleMania, good things going to start to happen. He said that to you. Yeah, he said that, but he didn't say, yeah, you're going to become WWE Champion. Maybe, I don't even think that was a plan, but I think the plan was, you know, they're going to elevate me a little bit. Uh, so I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll be in the, oh, maybe I'll be in an actual storyline. Maybe I can compete for the uh, US Championship, IC Championship, you know, something like this. But uh, so I got drafted to SmackDown, which I knew would be a good sign. Because all along, I actually wanted to be on SmackDown. Right when I got signed back, I would see Road Dog, And in the hallway, I would say, hey, bring me to SmackDown. Bring me to SmackDown. Because I would see, like, guys on SmackDown are getting an opportunity. I love Raw. Raw's, Raw's, you know, has a stigma about it that it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, but us on the blue, you know, that's where we have a chip on our shoulder. You know, we want to be the show. But uh, they say SmackDown's a land of opportunity. It really is. It's, uh, so... Let's backtrack. Uh, I was at a live event on a Monday night, and they announced, um, I see on my phone, Twitter, there's a six-pack challenge match for number one contendership match. And I also see tweets, what, Jinder's going to, how's Jinder in the, in the running for number one contendership when number one, like, he hasn't won a match in so long. Anyway, so I figured that maybe, I think like Baron Corbin or maybe Luke Harper was going to go in. Uh with Randy, so I'm in the trainer's room doing my wrist tape. I was like, oh yeah, who's, uh, who's the plan? Who's Randy going in with? I can't remember who someone else was in the locker room. Maybe it was Luke Harper or something like that. Yeah. He goes, it's you. I was like, what? I'm going to work Randy? You sure? They're like, yeah, no, no, dude, it's, you're going to work Randy. And then like five minutes later, I seen Randy. He's like, hey, we're going to work together. I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a part of me, like, I had to grow a lot very very quickly because to be a main event WWE superstar is a whole different ball game like I, I always see people like wishing like oh, I want to be in the main event I was in the main event I wish I you know I, I want to be in the main event but man so, like if you were given that opportunity would you 
would you sink or would you swim? <laughs> so I had no choice but to swim, right? And I was very fortunate enough uh, of a great relationship with Randy. I, I believe Randy is like probably one of the greatest of all time yeah. because I've been in the ring with him. He's so smooth. He's flawless. Yeah. He's and in there. yeah, and very lucky. Also, we went on a two-week European tour. So for two weeks, I was in a triple threat match with AJ Styles and Randy Orton. AJ Styles is also one of the all-time great, like greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, from everything that he does, he's, he's flawless. So I, I had like the best teachers. So for two weeks, I was like, <laughs> I was a student. I was taken to school by AJ Styles and Randy Orton. At the end of that two-week tour, my, my match was with, uh, was with, uh, with Randy. And I still didn't know that I was going to become WWE champion. Uh, I just thought maybe it's just for one uh, one opportunity. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a great showing. And I'm going to show exactly why I need to be at this level. And even if it's just a little taste, I'm going to work hard enough and permanently be at this level. So uh, day of the show, still not knowing, still thinking. I'm just, I don't know. That's another thing. I, was, I just assumed Randy was, was going to win the championship. Uh, the show, you yeah, no, no, no. So, like, yeah, when I get to the building, then like doors open. Uh, not, not sorry, not doors open. Um, Randy shows up. They get out of the meeting. So I still don't know. We see Michael Hayes. Hey, what's going on? And he said, uh, "Go see Vince." Randy went first. Randy went first. He uh, he told Randy, "Hey, we're gonna go with Jinder." And Randy was super cool with it. He's like, "Awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah." No, he was super, super cool. So that's how I found out. Like the. Uh, Maybe a couple of hours before the showtime started. From Vince. Vince, yeah. What yeah. did he say to you in that meeting? He just said, We're giving it to you. It was a short meeting. He didn't have much time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I can't imagine your reaction. What was it? Like, so I, I know the way WWE works. Yeah. Things changed last minute. I still didn't, ah. like, A, I didn't want to, like, bank on it. Yeah. And B, I didn't want it to like get to my head yet because, uh, you know, I didn't want to get too, too excited because anything could change at any minute, which was okay. But, uh, so, so yeah, the match happened, won won the championship. How did that feel? Lillian, unreal, unbelievable. Just to see like where I've came from, how I started. So Lillian, so when I started wrestling, right, I was still in high school. I used to go wrestle, uh, with like guys that were thirty years old, we would drive like twenty hours to a show. I'm still in high school at this at this time, you know. You, you, your family was in this business. Yeah, so my uncle was a wrestler, so through him I started training. I used to wrestle for Stampede Wrestling with uh, Tyson Kidd and Natalia, Victor from Ascension, and a couple of years later Tyler Breeze started wrestling with us. So actually, a lot of us like were wrestling in small shows. I wrestled Tyler Breeze in front of like maybe twenty people before. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I wrestled like small, like five people, like drove, you know, hours and hours, got paid like $10. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I made like a lot of, I oftentimes don't, don't share that side. Like a lot of people don't know that about me, but like for uh, like years, like I was training, traveling, struggling, everything. Uh, you know, I wasn't just like uh, made in the developmental system. They didn't find me from... Right. From a lab somewhere or from like a gym. Right. Yeah, I started like small, humble. So actually, take me even further back. Yeah. So you were born in Canada. Yes, Calgary. Yeah. Calgary. But you are obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was your upbringing? Yeah. Besides your uncles in the business, but. Yeah. Your upbringing per se, your parents, you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I do. So I got a brother and sister. And so my parents had just moved from India, right? So they're working like two jobs to. 
established themselves. Uh, that's another another big thing. You know, I thank my parents because they sacrificed a lot, like to for me to have the opportunities, or my brother and my sister to have the opportunities, like. They came here, gave up on their hopes and dreams. You know, I'm sure my mom and dad had dreams too. Yeah. But they, had, they moved here in search of a better life for their kids, right? So, you know, it would be, what, what a waste it would be if I didn't take advantage of that, you know, if I didn't accomplish something. You know, they so they were busy working like all the time. So I was really raised by my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather father passed away when I was young, about four or five years old. But it was mainly my grandma that raised us. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, just go to school, walk to school in, uh, in the summer, snow, like minus 40, walk to school. Oh, it's so cold yeah, yeah, it's freezing. So come home lunch, grandma cook us lunch. We do homework in the evening time. My parents would come, come home. And uh, I was a huge uh, WWE fan, like whole life. Yeah. Uh, especially Bret Hart, he's from Calgary. He was like my idol. Then as I got a little bit older, Attitude Era kicked off, Rock, Stone Cold. I was like, man, I actually like, I wanted to grow a beard so bad. I started shaving so I could grow a beard. As soon as I grew a beard, I had the same sideburns as The Rock. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Did you do the eyebrow? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. So actually, funny story. First day of wrestling school, I wore The Rock t-shirt and had The Rock sideburns. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say to you? Uh, no one said anything, but they're probably thinking, uh, this, oh kid ain't, this kid ain't going to make this. Give him a week. <laughs> yeah, give him, yeah. You wait. You wait. Actually, I've never, I've never shared that story before. Yeah, I had the Rock sideburns, and I wore the Rock t-shirt to the first day of wrestling practice. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I had a good upbringing. I would play a lot of sports. I was actually a really good volleyball player. Played soccer growing up. I used to amateur wrestle. So I had a very athletic uh like upbringing, uh, yeah. Even like, uh, like a lot of times, my parents they didn't have they didn't have time to like take us to practice and everything. But I would just find a way. Uh, even when I started, uh, even before I started pro wrestling, I was doing I did a little bit of jujitsu. I was a big MMA fan. I still am. So uh, I would take the bus for like an hour and a half to train with like grown men who were like in their thirties. I'm fifteen, fourteen, fifteen years old, and uh, I was just like very self sufficient from a young age. I think that's important too. You know, it helped me obviously in WWE because we were pretty much our self-sufficient, everything on the road, organizing everything. So slowly, slowly, when I was 15, started training pro wrestling. 15, so my trainer was Bad News Allen, Bad News Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was awesome trainer. He, uh, training was very tough because he was, uh, he did judo before pro wrestling. Uh, he was, uh, actually uh, Olympic medalist. He won a bronze medal. And he trained in Japan, Japanese style. And even pro wrestling, he trained in Japan. So lots of squats, lots of push-ups, so much conditioning work. So my training was very, very tough with him. A couple of years I trained. And when I was like 18 is when I, when, I, when I say I started really, really wrestling, when I was started to work like weekly, when I was 18. Uh, then, and then ever since I was 18, this is all I've ever done. This is all I've ever known. I just competing shows traveling show yeah. uh but i went to university at the same time i went to the university of calgary as soon as i finished got i tried out got lucky got signed so even actually my first tryout i didn't get signed i was a uh, extra talent one time they came to calgary so i didn't know this at the time but now i know how wwe works they didn't tell me like hey we're interested in you it's, they test you wow. so so they go hey you get in the ring uh i had a match uh, had another match. They're like, "Hey, 
Okay, so that's the first most nerve-wracking, most nerve-wracking thing in the world. Just being like an independent wrestler, and they're like, hey, go step in the ring. So when you're an independent wrestler, the rings are tiny. Well, not tiny, like 16, 14, 15 feet, maximum 18. So I step in that ring, it's huge. (laughs) Holy. And I look around, like, uh, Taker is there. All the producers are there. Johnny Ace is there watching. Jesus Christ. That's the most nerve-wracking thing ever. Ever. I, I see the extras, like, even today. Uh, like doing the matches and I, and I realize nobody ever has a good showing right. ever. I don't think anybody's, it's just too tough. Like yeah. there's no crowd, everybody's watching, but nobody's really paying attention, but you don't know that. Right. Like, you think that everybody's just, uh, you know, watching you and, and picking yeah. apart your mistakes that you're making. So, uh, did the one match and I was so tired, so blown up because I was so nervous. I was so tense in there the whole time. Like we're like, uh, like, kicking and punching each other and like like squeezing on holes like so hard and slamming each other so hard so I'm like huffing and puffing they say you stay in they send in another guy and actually it was Eugene at the time I think he was making a comeback Uh, so like hey Eugene can you bump this kid around Uh, like so so I do a match with Eugene. Uh, he was super easy. Luckily, I think he might have known that I, that I was uh, uh, I, I was at a win. Yeah, he he uh, is super took cool dude. He took care of me. But then they say, "All right, you stay one more time." And they sent in Tyler Breeze at that time. He wasn't signed either. He was just a local wrestler trained by Lance Storm. They said, "Hey, we want to see the way he sells. Can you like really, really like give it to him? Like, like be super aggressive with him. We want to see the way he sells." Really, they were looking at me. You know, A, to see how, you know, my aggression and B, to see if, like, because they knew I was, uh, I was at a win to see if, you know, if I, <laughs> had, yeah, yeah, if they would have just told me, hey, we want to check you out, oh my God, I would have, I would have died in there. Right. But uh, I don't know, so I, I was like, oh, they're checking, so I didn't give it 100% anyway. You got out of there? No, no, I didn't, I didn't. Because they were like, oh, we want to see the way Tyler Breeze sells. I, I still did, but I, Lillian, I was so, like, I was gasping for air. I've never been so tired in my life. Because I'm so nervous, like everything that I'm so tense. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, you watch like an MMA fight, and the guy's like so gassed, like he can't even like lift his arms. Yeah. Well, I was like that. Yeah. Like, I, was, I could barely walk. Like I had like tunnel vision. Like it was, I was like so dehydrated. Yeah, I was. So what do you think happened from there to actually? Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you. So they don't come to Canada very often. So that was like my one chance. I was like, oh man, I gotta sit around and wait again. But. uh but there was a tryout in Florida that that I went to, and uh, so when I went to that, from Canada, from Canada, Canada. yeah, I went to get signed. This, yeah, and I, this time I wasn't. I know some people were there were like, oh, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll you know we'll try it out. Not me. I came to get signed. <laughs> so uh, I knew from like day one that I had a good shot because Steve Kern was in charge, mm-hmm. and he really took a liking to me. So I noticed things like I was the only guy that like every day I would have a match. Like Johnny Ace, John Laronitis was there. I had a match specifically for him. Uh, Mike Rotunda was there. I had a match specifically for him. So I, nobody else was doing this. So I kind of speci- I knew that you know they were interested in me, yeah. and uh, luckily on the last day they said, "Hey, we're signing you." So I didn't even have to wait for like a phone call. They told me right then and there oh, you were going to get signed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for that whole trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, like I've had triumphs and I've had, uh, 
tribulate, the pitfalls, everything. So it's, it's been up and down. Uh, but, you know, I learned from, from the highs and the lows. You know, you, you can't just learn from the lows. You got to learn from the highs too. Yeah. yeah. What did you, when did you start writing all of your goals down and start listening to all the books? Yeah. So I started listening to the books, uh, right around the time that I stopped drinking and, 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 uh, stopped partying and all that. I started listening to the audio books, but I started writing down my goals. Uh, it was, uh, January 1st, 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, everything that's been happening ever since you've been doing yeah yeah so I started doing that and uh, I believe in that too it helped me a lot too. yeah actually I got that from one of the books like what, what, what one of the, it might have been Grant Cardone yeah. uh, who's a, who's a, who's an author and a, and a big businessman uh, he I think I got that from him writing down your goals every day you're listening to Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus, and you're listening to Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. Keep listening, because Stratisfaction is guaranteed. All right, guys, I hope that you are enjoying the show. I'm sure you are, because these interviews are just so fascinating, and we're going to get right back to it. But first, got to talk to you about something that is so important, and this is important for women and for men, and you're going to see why, because I'm talking about third love. What's third love? We're talking about bras. That's right. How you guys out there are like, wait, what does that have to do with me? Well, Casey's going to tell you what that has to do with you. Yeah, your wife. Does she talk about bras ever? Yes, yes. Every year I buy my wife... A new bra. Okay. And every one, year. Just once a year? Well, I mean. <laughs> wait, wait, we got to work on that, but go ahead. <laughs> and every year, it doesn't fit. Just, it doesn't fit right. It's not uh, comfortable for her. And the first thing she does when she gets home every day is hooks that bra and throws it down and says, I never want to wear this again. I'm telling you, it is a problem. Yeah, every day. It is a problem. I can totally identify with her. Well, I got to say that I actually have my third love bra on right now. I can't even feel that it's on. It is so awesome. I am hooked. I am sold. I'm one of those people that I actually try the product out first before I ever, you know, tell people about it or if they should get it or try it out. I love this bra. It's awesome. And that's the way I used to feel about other bras. Now, the thing about this, though, Casey, did you know, you know, normally there's about 15 sizes to choose from. Third Love has... 60, 60, no <laughs> six zero sizes, okay? Because we're all different sizes and they have half cups. Can you imagine, for example, a shoe? You go in and get your shoe and you're, let's say your shoe size is eight and or eight and a half, let's say. And they're saying, no, we only have eight or a nine. This is not good, right? Same thing with bras. So that's why I love that Third Love has half sizes. It's a big deal. So, guys, the reason I wanted you to hear about this is because now Casey is going to go to Third Love. He's going to bring home this, and your wife is going to be so happy. She's going to be happy. She's going to love me forever. And you guys are going to feel the same exact way if you have your mom that's having a hard time or your sister or something. Just drop a little hint. (laughs) Just tell them out. I've got something to help you. I just, I heard about it, and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. La, 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 la. (laughs) 
People get so shy about it. But hey, it's an everyday kind of thing. Everyone wears underwear. You, well, this is for the upper part. So you need it. So guys, go to thirdlove.com slash glory because that's going to give you 15% off your first purchase. Thirdlove.com slash glory. And you're going to live a glorious life. Now back to Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. You said something earlier when you did, you know, you were gone after those two years and you were partying and everything like that. You said that things had kind of come easy to you. What did you mean by that? Because it seems like you've been working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way. <laughs> uh, they weren't like easy because I still had to work, but I got lucky. Like, uh, just things just came. Like, uh, some, <laughs> it still came with a lot of hard work, but, uh, I don't know. Sometimes when you're just used to working hard, it seems easy. Like, but to the average person, you you know, it's it, it is hard work. Uh, it was like, not only was it, I wouldn't say easy. It was just maybe too much too soon. I wasn't prepared mentally. I didn't have the maturity level for the for that responsibility. You know, because we have to be responsible as WWE superstars. Uh, you know, like so many people look up to us, like kids are looking up to us. Especially today with social media, you got to be conscious of everything. Everybody has a camera. And, uh, you know, that's another thing. I, I think I truly had to prove myself to, uh, like Vince and Hunter and everybody in WWE that I was responsible. Cause have you given me the championship when I was young? Oh my God, I would have had like a big celebration that night. Crazy. So, yeah, it would have been madness. Yeah. So they, like, being WWE champion is just not in the ring. Like, I'm responsible for media. I got to wake up at 5 a.m. and I got to do phone interviews. Actually, I, even today, I did phoners this morning. But you represent the championship. You represent WWE. I went so many places. They sent me a media uh, appearances. I went to India, media tour, everything. Yeah. If they don't have that level of respect, uh, trust for you, they're not going to put you in the position. You'll never be champion. Right. That's another thing. Like I see guys who are, you know, partying too much and this and that. And they're like, oh, wondering why they're not, you know, yeah. WWE champions. You got to be uh, trusted with with, with with so much, yeah. right? Because it's the overall picture. It's the overall picture, and people and don't get that it's exactly. Just you coming to work, and that—that's the only thing. No, they're twenty-four like, hours. Crazy. What you post on social media, what you're doing on your off days, like, what you're doing after your show. They think that they don't hear you griping. Exactly, right. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's all about having a positive outlook, and you know, just uh, being mindful, being conscious. Knowing that everything you do, you know, you're 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 in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with being a WWE superstar. You're not really, uh, you can't have the off switch like going to work. So you can't clock in and out. Is yeah. it? That's why I say it's not like work. It's it's lifestyle. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but you got to be uh, uh, worthy of that trust. You know, you got to. I had to prove myself to, to, to Vince and them. Uh, you know. I'm not going to, yes, yeah. And that's what I think Triple H meant, what he said, but like, you know, these guys were just kids trying to make it. Yeah. Now they're men. Yeah, yeah, we really are. And uh, it's, sometimes it takes uh, something bad to happen for you to grow up. Yeah. But I, uh, again, I love the fact that you turned it around because so many people don't. Yeah, yeah. So many people don't. And then they, the rest of their lives. Yeah, they just live in regret. Yeah. They live in the yeah. and then they put blame. Yeah. They handle it so I, I, I heard this quote recently in a book too. It said, either you suffer from uh, discipline or you suffer from regret. <laughs> so it's like right now I feel like I'm suffering from discipline, <laughs> which, which is, uh, but the rewards, you know, outweigh way yeah. more than the suffering. But 
or if I wasn't like super super dis- you know think discipline is not easy every no. day every day I have temptations yeah. easily wake up and go I, yeah you know you have WWE champion you think you know I can't go to a club and have, have every, you know everything I want laid out for me you know, red carpet everything but you know it, it takes a lot of discipline to know I'm going straight to my hotel room I'm going yeah. to sleep I'm not going to do anything I'm not yeah. going to uh, che- yes, the reward. Exactly, exactly. You know, I'm not going to put myself in a position where something negative could happen, or be in a position where something could be altered. Yeah, spun a different way. What was it like for you to have AJ Styles work for you? You know, with you, um, yeah, and putting you over as much as he did too. Yeah, working AJ was great. I learned so much from AJ. Uh, not only that, like AJ is a phenomenal role model. He's a family man. He's he's always there watching all the matches. He's one of the guys that the young guys can go to for advice. He's had so much experience wrestle, you know, all over the world, and and you know he really earned his his position here. It's great to see. You know, he he's one of uh, the top top superstars, and I, I believe like he's probably the like the the most pure babyface that we have. The most like white meat everything, and. Uh, like sometimes that's tough, especially now today's now uh, today's era, uh, especially after Attitude Era. Like the the white meat babyface doesn't get that sort of reaction. Like sometimes people boo him, but man, there's something about him. It's just yeah. that he's just magic. Well, I think again, I, I told him that too when I interviewed him. It, it's just him. It's just him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a giving person. Exactly, and, and he he has that respect not only from the locker room, the crowd, and, yeah. you know, and he. Bus his rear end every single night. I've never once seen AJ Styles phone it in. I wrestled it multiple times. I was very fortunate enough. Uh, even early when I won the WWE Championship, I would face AJ Styles a lot. Like every night, full tilt, 100%. Doesn't matter if the crowd's big. Doesn't matter if they're small. Doesn't matter if they're loud, quiet. AJ Styles is going to give you 100%. So take me then to, I think you held the title for like 170 days, something like that. 185. 185. But, who, but who's I'll counting? Take those 14 away. 15. <laughs> So, how was it then when you found out, because you were supposed to face Brock Lesnar. Yep. When you knew that you were going to face Brock Lesnar, what was your, like, what were you thinking with that? Were you excited about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for every match, especially like a main event pay-per-view match. But that match with Brock, I was thinking it was like the biggest match of my career. I mean, Brock's Brock. Yeah. But, uh, what so, happened? Uh, what happened is WWE happened. That's WWE. Yeah. I won the title in one day. I lost it in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can't think like that. Like, oh man, I lost the title. You know, I was holding the championship is uh, yeah. more than I ever, you know, I exceeded expectations already. So, but it would be nice to have that match with Brock and I hope someday it does happen. But, uh, that's WWE. And it's, uh, yeah. When it does happen, I yeah. Say when, haha. Yeah. See that? Yeah. It's going to mean more. Yeah. It didn't happen the first time, right? Yeah. And AJ was talking about how cool was it, though, that it never been done where the title changed hands. Outside of, outside of North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like I had that talk with Vince when I won the title, same thing. Hey, go see Vince. Me and AJ went and saw Vince. We're doing the switch. I couldn't have been happier for someone like it. Yeah. Did you ask why? No, God, no, no. You're like, okay. No, that's business. No, business. I knew it'll come. Yeah, it'll come back around. You can, I can't be champion forever. Right. One day I'm going to lose it. Yeah. You know, I held it for six months. But everybody thought that you were definitely going to keep it because you were going to. Get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another. 
Lillian, everybody says, oh, you got to push India, India. India was there when I got released. It's not like, you know what I mean? India was there when I first started. India was, was there before I even got signed to WWE, before, like, Kali, when he became champion, like, the profile of WWE grew so much. When I came in, I was no different than I am now. When I got released, I'm, I'm still Indian. When I got back, I'm still Indian. Yeah. So everybody always says, oh, the push for WWE, all these insiders. I always say, oh, it's India, India, India. Yeah, so we went to India. I wasn't even champion at the time. But India was there when I got released. Lillian, India. India has always been like their, num- their number one viewership. They're, they're so, so passionate. They got Indian superstars right now. You know, just because they're Indian doesn't mean they're going to be world champion. It's up to them. It's it's 100% up to them to uh, to get to improve and uh, you know stay focused, stay motivated. They can't just show up here and expect the world. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> what a lot of people think is because oh India, of course this and that. You know, it, it, you know the internet always tries to figure it out. Exactly, <laughs> not exactly. Not even yeah. trying to figure it out. They always act like yeah, they act like they know. Yeah, yeah. Now Rolling Stone actually awarded you the. Comeback of the year in 2017. Pro Wrestling Illustrated made you the most hated wrestler in 2017, which actually is a big compliment. Okay, yeah, I take everything as a compliment. The biggest heel. And then also the most improved wrestler of the year. Oh, wow, most hated and most improved. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, I had great teachers, Randy, AJ, Shinsuke, uh, even Bobby Roode. You know, Bobby Roode has so much experience, and lately I'm uh, I'm working Bobby Roode every night. I'm learning yeah. from Bobby Roode. So I, and not only that, our producers like Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Jamie Noble, Michael Hayes, Road Dog, all, all of them, Diva, all of them, Mike Rotundo. We have a now wealth of knowledge to our disposal. Yeah. And so Eric, Fit Finley, all of them. I'm, I'm I'm probably even forgetting one or two of them, but all of them. Uh, so I make it a point, like every match, talk to them. Um, Last European tour, I worked AJ half the tour and then a triple threat with Shinsuke. And I told Fit Finley at the beginning of the tour, hey, Fit, every night, let's work on something. I want to improve. I want to learn something new every single night. I want to improve. The next 14 days we're on tour, I want to make it a point every night. I need you to tell me something and I'm going to work on it the next day and so forth. Yeah. So I want to go home at the end of this two weeks, better superstar than when I, when I started. And, and I continue like, um, I still have so much planned for myself and I'm going to make sure it happens because I'm ultimately it's, it's, I'm in charge of my destiny wherever I go. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to force, it's called forcing the result. Yeah. I'm going to force the result. What would you say to people <clears throat> and you know, the internet that's out there that they're not so favorable on your wrestling? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to keep getting better. Uh, yeah. 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 That's fine. Yeah. They, everybody has their opinion. You will also find people on the internet that love my, my wrestling ability, right? right. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, first, ultimately, I go to Vince. Uh, after all the matches, I see Vince. Hey, Vince, what did I do good? What did I do bad? I believe Vince is the most knowledgeable person in the world, more than any wrestling reporter, more than any yeah. any producer here, more than any... The, Vince has seen probably more wrestling than anybody in the world. He sits at that monitor beginning of the show to the end, yeah. and he's done this for 30-some, 40 years or, or however long. You know, he's grown up in the business. His father was a promoter. Imagine how much wrestling he's seen in his life. Not only that, the mind that he has, the vision that he has, he created all of this. Yeah. The fact that me and you are sitting here right now in Staples Center uh, about to perform in front of you know a huge, huge crowd. Not only that, we travel all over the world. I've wrestled in six out of the seven continents. This is all that one man's vision. WrestleMania 34... It's around the corner. 
Whereas WrestleMania one, it was the gamble. Like it was either sink or swim. You know, he had the vision. And to see where it's going to, like, who knows, where's it going to be in 10 years from now? Where's it going to be in 20 years? Where's it going to be even past Vince and, you know, past me when I pass away? Like, this is just going to keep growing and keep getting uh, bigger and better. But I don't know how I went on that tangent, but just like that, I'm, I'm going to keep on improving. You know, it's not like, uh, like this is it. I'm just going to plateau here. I have goals for myself. I have a vision for myself, uh, much like Vince does for the WWE. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I get there. And just like the road to WrestleMania, it's the road back to your championship. Right? Exactly, exactly. No, no, I definitely do. I write down 10-time world, 10x world champion. So, yeah, it's up to me to uh, make sure that that happens. I love it. Well, you're so inspiring. Thank you, Lily. I want to thank you for your hard work and all of that, too, because you're so fun to watch. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue following your journey thank you thank How you how do you find you on social media yeah I'm on Twitter at Jinder Mahal one word and I'm on Instagram same handle at Jinder Mahal J-I-N-D J-I-N-D-E-R M-A-H-A-L there we go alright thank you thank you guys did I not tell you guys what an amazing man this guy is Jinder Mahal wow lessons I mean lessons for days Guys, it is up to us what we decide that we're going to get accomplished. It is through hard work, hard, hard work. And I always believe in that. I also believe, though, in balance. So remember that, too, that it can't be go, 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 go 24-7. You're going to burn out. And your family or your friends, you know, they're going to suffer, too. So balance on everything. But when you go for it, make sure you hit it hard. And really dedicate to what your vision is. Get clear on your vision. I think that's the most important thing is, what do you want out of life? And and don't say, like, when somebody says, oh, I want to be rich, don't just say, I want to be rich. How how much money do you want to make? Like, get specific. I'm telling you, this stuff works. It helped me, too. I did a whole vision board, and you wouldn't believe 80% of what I put down came true. It was incredible, so mind-blowing, so I do it all the time. And it's really helped me through uh, to get clear on what I want. And then I focus towards it. So thank you, Gender. I'm so excited that you are actually having a match at WrestleMania against Randy Orton and Bobby Roode for the United States Championship. And it's just one of those things that you keep teaching people and inspiring people through your actions to really care about your body, what you put in there, to really go, like I said, after your goals and to work really hard. So congrats to you. And I know that your road to 10-time world champion continues. Thank you so much for coming on to Chasing Glory. And thanks again to my sponsors, thirdloveswap.com and TrueCar. Make sure that you guys take advantage of those special offers that I told you all about. Also follow me at Lillian Garcia on Instagram and Twitter and Lillian Garcia official fan page. And please subscribe, guys. Go ahead and go to Apple Podcast and hit subscribe, and that way you know exactly when the next show will pop up and who's going to be on the next show. And go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app. And thank you so much for the ratings. Okay, so the ratings are such a big deal. So when you're listening to the show, either before, during, or after, just make sure that you hit those stars. Right now, we have a five-star rating. Cannot thank you enough for that. It means so much, and it helps this show. So make sure that you guys just push those little stars. That's it. That's all I ask. You can write a review if you want. If you don't have time for it, just please just push the star, and that would really, really help out. All right. I think that's it, guys. I love you, and I can't wait to see you at Mania, and we have one more show before Mania. So until then, I wish you much peace, love, and passion, 
And remember to always be yourself and trust that it's enough. Peace. From executive producer Lillian Garcia and the entire Podcast One team, thanks for listening to Chasing Glory. Download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, let me ask you something. Are you looking to buy a car? And that is a new car or a used car. Well, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for, but do you really know what it means? I sure didn't. Well, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. So introducing True Price from True Car. Now you know exactly what you'll pay for the car that you want, including the fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one that you want, all from the comfort of your home. So it just got a whole lot easier. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? That's a great question. Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so that they can win your business. So it all got so much easier. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, make sure that you visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states.